0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife Carrie and my son David. We've done a lot in this organization, and our future is very bright. However, we have a number of significant challenges that we're going to need to undertake in this organization to achieve our three to five-year strategic plan. Partnering together, we can greatly achieve success for everyone. I would appreciate your vote at this year's annual convention. Thank you.
0: Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallum. Spectrum News 1 in Charlotte reports that a national nonprofit called Safe Tunnels has created belt canes. Belt canes help blind toddlers navigate their world. Here to talk about the belt canes are Safe Tunnels president and CEO, Dr. Grace Ambrose Zakin and mom, June Ellison. June is the mother of her visually impaired son, Caden, who uses the special belt cane. Hello, everyone.
2: Hi hey how are you guys
0: oh we're fabulous and how are you both
2: i am doing great
0: (laughs) all right tell us about yourselves
2: i guess i'll go first um so my name is june allison and like you mentioned i am caden's mom and i also have five daughters and i'm a special ed teacher
1: And I'm uh, Dr. Grace Ambrose I'm an orientation and mobility specialist. I have been teaching grad students orientation and mobility uh, my whole career. And I'm also the inventor and founder and everything uh, safe toddles for the pediatric bell cane, also known as the toddler cane.
0: June, you got to tell us more about your wonderful son, Caden. I understand he's just two. He lives with epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and he also has a cortical vision impairment. You got to talk about this.
2: Okay. So um, Caden is an amazing little guy. He has um, lots of therapy during the week. I think we currently have six different therapies. Hmm. Um, He defies all the odds. The doctors originally told us when he was about 11 weeks old that he would never walk or talk or be able to eat orally. And um, he's working on all of those things. So um, he he battles every day. He works hard. Um, and he wants to be a two and a half year old standard, typical little boy. Um, and so the belt cane is giving him that opportunity.
0: Giving him the opportunity for independence. Those first steps. Uh, this is amazing. And he could do many things that other two year olds can do. That is amazing. How did you and the rest of the family work with the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction to buy the belt cane for Caden?
2: So Caden gets vision um, impairment services, and he actually also gets orientation and mobility services. And so when working with his teacher for the visually impaired, um, we started noticing that his lack of lower field of vision was causing him to fall and trip and be very unsure of walking, um, like changes in color on the ground or changes in texture on the ground. He always thought that that was like a dip or a step. Like he didn't assume that it was a flat surface. And so his walking wasn't very um, confident, um, I think would be a good word. He was not confident in his walking and he was very halty and slow and he would fall a lot. He would trip over things that like weren't even... That shouldn't trip you. So one of the big things that we noticed was that he would stop and often trip over like the expansion joints in the concrete, like at the big box stores. Um, but you know that's flat; like you shouldn't trip over that. But to him, it was a change um, in the color. And so um, the teacher for the visually impaired and is also his orientation and mobility teacher. And I started looking around. I actually saw Safe toddles originally on social media. Um, where a parent had posted um, with their child having one. And I was like, this is it. This is what he needs. Like, this is that one piece that will give him the step towards being independent and confident. Um, and so I, some of his other therapists were also looking. His physical therapist was involved. His occupational therapist was involved. And we all kind of started looking at safe toddlers. And then his teacher for the visually impaired contacted them because she said that, they could get it covered by the Department of Public Instruction, and so we ordered him one, and it has been amazing ever since.
0: So he must be very happy with that.
2: He is. I actually just sent Grace some updated videos. Um, He runs. <laughs> he runs <laughs> with his belt cane on. Um. I was telling her I often have to ditch the cart now in the store to go chase him down. Whereas before, you know, we had to encourage him to take steps. And now he is off and running and a fast little two and a half year old guy.
0: Very fast. And you mentioned he's got speech therapy, physical therapy, and he just strives to improve and reach further and further goals every time. That is amazing and fantastic. All right. We're going to get into this belt cane now. We're going to learn more about Safe Toddles. Dr. Ambrose Zakin, what's Safe
1: Toddles? Safe Toddles is a nonprofit and our mission is to improve the um, safe mobility outcomes for blind and visually impaired toddlers and preschoolers, specifically with providing them pediatric belt canes. And um, it was an idea that happened to me after reading all the literature, of every article I could find about kids. And there just seemed to be, if only we could get them to use this cane, and that's not an original idea. Uh, everybody's been trying to get little kids to hold on to white canes since they were invented practically. But um, that seemed to be the reason that they weren't thriving, is they just didn't have the safe mobility cane arc protection that uh, blind people really need to move about with confidence, -confidence, self-confidence, to have the information about the path. So ever since I thought about wearing it, it's been a real journey to create something that stays in the right place most of the time. and, um, And that's what the belt cane is. It's something that you put on like a belt. It has a Velcro Type enclosure it has magnets that connect a rectangular frame to it, and uh, we have two frames one is longer is the correct length for a white cane a standard white cane um, and then one is shorter, and we call it the tight spaces frame and it has a different set of tips that allow you to wear it in say a living room where um, there aren't real dangers of level changes, but you want to not get caught up in furniture legs. So the idea is to wear it all the time, everywhere you are.
0: <laughs> or you may wear it all the time, but how do the toddlers actually use them?
1: You know, it's funny when, I, as an o specialist, you know, I thought I would have to teach a toddler um, how to grasp it and move it and Turn, turned around and I, they taught me everything. They taught me how they were going to stand up wearing it. They taught me how they were going to, I mean, I thought you'd have to teach them how to adjust it. And the new video that I just got from Caden, you clearly see it got off center and he just, without even, you know, a thought, it's just automatic. He repositioned the frame correctly after putting something in the cart. And so while the big people that really need to be taught are us. We need to recalibrate what it means to have a safety arc in front of a child so that they have that um, warning that's not their body. The first thing to contact something should be this cane frame, and then they can decide what's next. Do I want to touch it? Do I want to just ignore it? Um And don't want to push through it. But having that two steps of information warning allows them control over what they do next uh, with that information and they learn from that information and it makes them feel um, like everyone else in that way that they have before their body touches it, they have information that allows them to decide. So it's it's pretty important.
0: (laughs) So the canes give the kids the information of where they are what the cane is touching and, and and basically their whole
1: environment essentially it is a cane so it's any cane user will tell you that they learn to interpret through the vibrations what surfaces are what the uh, the objects are the density this st- the st- whether they're stationary or movable um, the depths of an elevation or level change So it's through this interaction that they just get, they start to interpret and learn how to interpret that information. But it's simply a white cane that if you're little, you can't be responsible for your safety. That's why we as adults put them in safety car seats, why we put safety gates in front of uh, stairs and we put locks on the, you know, different drawers that would have poisons and things in them. And we have to take care of them. So this similarly, we put it on for them. And then they take it from there, essentially. Um, Every child is a little different. um, And yet, every kids are so creative. And they're so adaptable that they just really learn how to make it a part of their everyday activities. And the more they wear it, the more it just becomes a part of them. And I've had really great outcomes with O and M specialists who teach four-year-olds. And this little boy had his belt cane for two years. He's blind, and um, they keep having to invent new goals for his long cane because he's so good at using it. He really understands the, you know, how, why he needs to keep the arc moving, and he's just so adept spatially. And he goes and visits friends down the block. I mean, she, they've never seen a child who is blind so capable um at that age and they attribute it to his two years of just having the self-confidence moving around independently with his cane arc always there for him.
0: Now this belt cane is not only used by blind and visually impaired toddlers, it can be used by any toddler with a disability, correct?
1: Well, that's an interesting comment. We have a pilot study right now with children with CHARGE syndrome, and they not necessarily have a big vision loss. But if you're not visually impaired, I'm not sure what the value would be to having the tactile information. It might be too much. Um, It's not a support. So it, it will, if you go down to the floor to sit down, it goes down with you. It doesn't keep you up. Um, it doesn't keep you balanced unless your balance problem comes from not having any warning about the change in a surface or an uneven surface, you know, like you step on it and then, you know, it's uneven. So this allows you to know that ahead of time and adjust and get ready for it. So it it really is a white cane intended for people who are visually impaired and blind who will be cane users who need, who are cane users, (laughs) right? who really need that, um, the, the substitute for the vision in the walking experience
0: that's pretty easy um <laughs> wh- why did safe Tuttles decide to create the belt cane why the belt cane? And well else?
1: what else is there truly there's been nothing in this space uh, available for kids the running theories are that the reason w- Uh, why children who in preschool who are blind don't uh, move towards social groups or engage with toys or just run into the playground is because they don't see others doing it and they don't have a visual motivator. But it doesn't really make sense because a one to two-year-old who is blind can be encouraged to stand up and walk and even run. And, And it's actually, they start to reduce that amount of movement and depends on their resilience, how much and how quickly they sort of self-select not to move around. But it gets pretty ingrained in them. And everyone who signs up for a cane has has an opportunity to tell us about the motor skills of their children as to why they want to get one. And one of the most common words and descriptors is, my child is afraid so people recognize that it's probably that they're afraid to move, not so much that they don't have a target to move towards, because it doesn't make sense. If you're blind, you're not missing a visual uh, attraction. You're attracted to move because you're three. Three-year-olds just move, to move, to move. So the fact that they're <laughs> not moving is a huge red flag. And it also, independent moving is directly linked to language and concept and social development. So. Not moving really impedes all of those other milestones that need to be activated and moved on, so it's it's really about fear it's about is it fear or is it just you know the negative stimulus of running into a wall? I have so many videos of children running into walls, tripping over toys, falling downstairs, and then you see them, and the way they walk is so I call it tortured. I mean, they just, when they keep insisting that they cross open space without any contact with someone or something, it's not a fun thing for them. And that's the antithesis of childhood. So what's been beautiful is I thought, I really thought that, that they wouldn't understand um, that this was going to, you know, help them. But the very first little kid I put it on was a four year old boy with optic nerve hypoplasia. He had a tiny little bit of vision and almost immediately he started running. And almost immediately after that, I gave him this remote control airplane and he started playing with it and race chasing after it. And his mother caught me in the hallway. and She said, I think his vision just improved because we've been trying to get him to do that. Forever, and he's never run, and he's never gone after a toy and found a toy like that. It, it, the doctor said his vision might improve. That I think that's what happened. Well, unfortunately, the story ends sadly. We did take the cane off of him; it was our only prototype, and I didn't know better. But as soon as we did, we had the cameras continue to roll, and then he just stands with his back against the wall, and he's playing with a remote control car. And then we see him, and we hear him, and, and we said, "Cool, let's go get the." let's get the toy. And he's like, where is it? And he, you know, and she's like, that's, that's the way he's always been like, whatever it is, if you only have a little bit of vision, you can't use it for fun. If you need to use it for path information and it doesn't work for either then you don't get to have fun and you, and it doesn't, it's not effective for path information either. So he was back to his old self. And that's my biggest regret is I didn't just say, here, keep it, (laughs) let him wear it all the time. Yeah, and and that's, why
0: safe, that's why the That's uh, why the belt canes aren't exactly a toy.
1: They are not a toy at all. That's great. <laughs> They're more like a wheelchair in that um, if you're paralyzed, you need to wear your wheelchair everywhere you go to get to your mobility self and move around independently. And the same is to be said for a white cane for someone who is blind, that I wish we would have just a huge innovation session for sport canes I wish we would innovate more in like they've done for wheelchair soccer. I wish it was like white cane soccer. I wish they didn't call it blind soccer, right? And I wish that we had more innovation in the area of including the white cane in lots of different forms. For I, I get, if I could tell you how many parents come to me with eight year olds and teenagers. Who have intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities that make it impossible to, for them to hold on to their safe cane device. And they're like, will this belt cane work for me? Right now, the answer is no. So they continue to live a life without having access to safe, um, you know, independent, safe, reliable. All um, right. Well,
0: well, this will these belt canes are still certainly. In a step in the right direction. Thank you. Brian. Was Caden the first child in North Carolina to get the belt cane?
1: He was not the first, although oh. the story did report that. And I thought, you know, that's I love that idea that you know maybe. But we actually, um we have a friend of mine who was with me from the very beginning moved to North Carolina, and she got a couple of canes, and and I had a couple of other people. So it's not. But that the connection with June Allison. Has brought many, many canes. I think it's we're up to like fifteen canes now that uh, have become because of June. So she's definitely been a pocket of inspiration for the North Carolinians. I will say that. And then having the spectrum thing. So,
0: so June, how does Caden like the belt cane?
2: Caden uh, loves his belt cane. Um, we have it. So she mentioned that there are two of them, and so we have whichever one he's not currently wearing, or like in the morning, we have them hanging. Um, with like kind of command hook kind of things on the side of his dresser and he will go over and tap it. And he, you know, hits his sides. Like he wants his belt on. And when we go out, as soon as he is getting out of the van, um, he makes sure that he like his, I think, you know, with him being, uh, pre-verbal, um, he's working on being verbal, um, he always like he'll tap aside or will say, you know, let's put your belt on. And he, he, you know, he'll hold his arms up and he's ready. Um and, you know, like um Grace mentioned, he falls down and gets up with it. Like he has figured out how to do all of those things. He's working on mastering, going up and down stairs with it. And um, you know, not tripping over curbs is a great thing for him now because, you know, that was scary. And he you know, feels his way with the belt cane. And so the cane will hit the curb, you know, when we're out in public before his feet do, which is, you know, keeps him safe and he knows to pick it up and go up the curb. And um, so he a hundred percent at two and a half gets that there is a great benefit to having it on and will ask to have it put on too. There's nothing more, you know, telling than him asking to have it on, that it's something that makes him feel more confident and more safe in his walking.
0: How can our listeners learn more about the belt cane and about safe toddles?
1: We do have a website and it's safetoddles.org. And we also um, have an email info, I-N-F-O at safetoddles.org. And we're just always pleased to help any way we can to connect, um, these canes to kids and to give them a try.
0: Is there anything else you both would like to add? June?
2: Um, I would just like to say, um, you know, obviously thank you to, um, Grace and her, you know, intuition and her understanding that this is something that is needed for pediatric child, you know, children. And, um, thank you for helping to bring more awareness to safe toddles. I think that it is a very beneficial um, piece of equipment for all toddlers with visual impairments. And I think that, you know, the more um, awareness that is brought to it, the more children will benefit.
1: And I can't thank June enough uh, as a special educator herself. She really has an intuition about how to um, keep Pushing along. She mentioned stairs, but I mean, it really is so new that it's parents like her who are allowing her son, Caden, the space to experiment and work through some of these challenges. Um, They're writing the rules now in terms of how to make it happen. And then chasing after him in the grocery store is just such a beautiful visual to think about. You know, here you have someone who's not only two and a half running, and that's A typical thing, but he doesn't see very well. So that's like, it adds a whole nother level of danger and risk and rules have to be taught. And it's just a wonderful outcome. I couldn't have ever expected anything so amazing that, um, you know, it just is, everything has exceeded my expectations um, whenever, and I thought this might be possible. Thank you, Brian. You're
0: very welcome, everyone. I believe the belt canes are helping blind toddlers with navigating their surroundings more independently. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at Com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive is at speaking out 4 dot blindpincastco That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line. Brought to you by five
1: one eight nine zero six one eight two zero that's five one eight nine zero six eighteen twenty introducing sunday edition with anthony a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization topics and news that affect us all some great roundtable discussions and of course a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday edition.
0: The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. In affiliate to the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org.
1: Hello, this is Dan Spoon, president of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip hip hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job.